0: hello everyone pastor charity here with another encouraging message this one is titled the refiner's fire we're going to talk about God's purpose God's plan God's provision and man's response to purifying us and making us more like Christ in the third chapter of Malachi verses 3 and 4 it says this he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver he will purify the Levites and refine them like gold And silver, then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. I recently read about a group of women who were studying the book of Malachi, and as they were studying chapter 3, they came across the verses that I just read. These kind of puzzled them, and they wondered what the statement meant about the character and nature of God. One of the women offered to find out about the process of refining silver and get back to the group at their next Bible study. That week, this woman called up a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him work. Now, she didn't mention anything about the reason for her interest in silver beyond her curiosity of the process of refining it. As she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest as to burn away all of the impurities. The woman thought about God holding on to us in such a hot spot. And then she thought again about that verse that he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered that yes, He not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left even a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment, and then she asked the silversmith, How do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled and giggled as he answered, Oh, that's easy when I see my own image in it. Amen. That's powerful. That's exactly how Jesus feels about us when we're refined. He can see his own image in us. And that's what we're going to talk about. It's a biblical concept. It involves each of our lives. And we are all going through the process. God's purpose, God's plan, God's provision, and man's response. You may not realize it, but God has a plan for you. He wants you to become just like Jesus. As a church, we are to preach and teach people how to become Christ-like. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, And we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And in Romans 8 and 29, it says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Now it's important for you to realize, first of all, that God wants you to become Christ like. C.S. Lewis said once that if we give God permission by surrendering our lives to Him, He will not stop that process of purifying us, no matter how painful or unpleasant it may be. It results in our great beauty but it also involves going through the fire to become pure. But we do have these promises in Romans eight and 18. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The purifying process will result in glory and honor and praise for us. It will result in us obtaining eternal life in heaven. So glorious that we can't even imagine it. Understand that it's God's purpose purify us second we need to understand that God has a plan to purify us in a twofold plan there's God's part and there's our part God's part was already Jesus the Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 22 now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present to you a holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation Jesus died on the cross, not to only provide us with salvation, but to also purify us. Because of the cross and because of the Holy Spirit, God has done and is doing his part in purifying us and making us more Christ-like. But that's only one part of the purifying process. God never does anything without permission. Jesus will invite, but he never forces. In other words, it is his will that we become pure, but it won't happen unless we do our part. In First Thessalonians 4 and 7, it says, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. God has a purpose for us. He wants us to be holy. He wants us to be pure, and he wants us to be Christ-like. He has a plan. We have a part, and he has a part. Thirdly, God has a provision to purify us. It involves the cross, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. We are purified by the blood of Jesus shed on the cross. We are purified by the Holy Spirit, and we are purified by the Word of God, the Bible. The scriptures say in Hebrews 10 and 10, and by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ, once and for all. And in Titus 2 and 14, it says Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that is his very own, eager to do what is good. Jesus did his part. Aren't you thankful? The Spirit is doing his part and the scriptures are doing their parts. In 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 16 it says from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so do you see here God's purpose and God's plan and God's provision but there's more in the story that I told you earlier of the woman in the silversmith, the silver has no will, no say about being stuck in the fire or being purified, but we do. We can hop out of the fire, we can refuse to melt, and we can refuse to be purified, and we can refuse and resist God, which is dangerous territory. And some people are bewildered and confused when they go through the refiner's fire But I love what it says in 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And then I love this even more. In Peter 4 verses 12 and 13, it says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice. And as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Listen, it says, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Don't think that it's strange when these trials come your way. Understand that God would only allow them for your good. Oh, now they may not feel good. But as part of the purifying process, don't resist it. Allow the impurity in your life to be burned out. This is how we can do it. First, we confess it. It's what we just read in First John 1 and 9 when we confess our sins. One of the problems that we all have is we refuse to see our impurities. If we avoid them or are willingly blinded to them we can't or won't do anything about it so we need to pray that our eyes would be opened our faults and our failings and our sins be exposed and as the holy spirit reveals them to us we are to confess them and forgiveness and cleansing comes but we have to do our part in first john 3 and 22 and 3 i'm sorry it says dear friends now we are children of god And what we will be has not yet been made known. But but what we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Do you have the hope or expectation of seeing Jesus and getting a glorified body like his? Oh, I do. Most definitely. And if you do and you expect to go to heaven one day, then you need to purify yourself or do your part in the purifying process. Your part is to desire to become pure and to submit during the process, exercising your will to live a holy life. In Romans 12 verses 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices and pleasing to God holy. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why fasting and prayer is important. God wants you to grow in Christ's likeness. He wants you to live a pure and holy life. His word is clear about that. Are you living up to his will or are you falling short? Are there impurities in your life? And are there areas of rebellion in your life? Is there something in your life that has taken you captive and created strongholds and bondages and that you're a slave to? It may be a habit or an attitude or a comfort zone inside of a box that you think you can't get out of or even an act that you know is wrong and you find yourself doing it over and over again. God wants to purify you. He wants to set you free. And here's how. One, confess it. Two, pray for deliverance. And three, resist the devil when he comes back with it. Confess, pray, and resist. There will be a reward. It will be worth it. In James 1 and 12, it says, blessed are those who persevere under trial. Because when they have stood the test, they will see, receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. It will be worth it. No one likes to go through trials and testings and temptation. No one likes to suffer. And no one likes the painful purifying process. But understand this. God wants us to be pure. That's his aim. That's his goal. And whatever impurity is in your life, he's going to work it out until you surrender to him. He's going to turn up the heat a little bit more until that perfection, imperfection, is burned away. Seems like a smart thing to let go right away. Some people suffer for years. If they would just stop the sin and purify the imperfections, God could go on and do something great. Maybe rewards and blessings. But he can't until we are purified in that area and allow him to do his work. Let's surrender to his purifying process and become Christ-like people he wants us to become. I've had the gates of hell opened up against me over the last couple of months, and I have felt the fiery darts of the enemy coming from all kinds of places. Some were no surprise, and some actually caught me by surprise. All the while saying, Lord, I don't understand. And he kept reminding me that it was for my good but most importantly, for his glory. Listen, if the enemy can't take you out, he will try to wear you out. And that's the truth. The refiner's fire is necessary, but it's not necessarily fun or comfortable. But here is the great part. You can go through the fire and come out not even smelling like smoke. Amen. I hope that this has blessed you, and I hope that you'll share with someone who may need this encouraging word. And until next time, may God bless you.